Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The earth is groaning and tired. It was created to be beautiful and good, but it has bore the brunt of man's wickedness for thousands of years. As Pastor J.D. warns in today's message, the earthquakes that California just experienced, as well as many others around the world, are increasing in frequency and intensity, just as Scripture warns they will as the day of Christ's return approaches. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 7, 2019. Does this confirm prophecy of a speedy Gog and Magog, speaking of Ezekiel 38, from a Jewish standpoint? See, they're still waiting for their Messiah which is why they will embrace the false Messiah, the Antichrist, and then they'll realize at the three and a half year mark in the middle of the seven year tribulation, when it's believed that the Antichrist will commit the abomination that causes desolation, they will realize this is not our true Messiah. And that is what will bring them to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ, for the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation. So again, this Ezekiel 38 prophecy, a.k.a. the prophecy of Gog and Magog, is pivotal. It's significant. Its importance is paramount. Listen to this quote from a senior Iranian official. This is the official that threatened Israel. He revised his threat from seven minutes until total obliteration to... Half an hour. One response on one report that I read from one Israeli was, thank you so much for giving us an extra 23 minutes. But again, quoting the report, this raised the question of precisely how long the war of Gog and Magog will last. Now stay with me on this. It's very important. Not only will the timing of the actual war, some believe, be really fast. In other words, (laughs) this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm will be defeated, some believe, within a 24-hour period. That's how fast it's going to be. That's how quick it's going to end. So, Maybe I would ask the question is, okay, so uh, it's not going to last long, but it's also not going to be very much longer before it happens either. Because of how pivotal and how significant and how important this specific prophecy is. 
On Wednesday, Arut Sheva published a report about President Trump warning Iran. By the way, I should probably parenthetically say that when Jesus in Matthew 24 said there will be wars and rumors of wars, that is better translated. There will be wars and threats or warnings of wars. Better translated. So President Trump is warning Iran after Iranian President Hassan Rouhani issued an ultimatum to the remaining signatories of the Iran nuclear deal that he would end all limitations on uranium enrichment if Iran's demands are not met. Speaking of the sanctions that are currently on Iran. See, here's the thing. Iran's back is against the wall. What's different now is Iran has nothing to lose. They've got to do something. Well, this prompted the president to tweet, Iran has just issued a new warning. Rouhani says that they will enrich uranium to any amount we want, quote-unquote, if there is no new nuclear, nuclear deal. Be careful with the threats, Iran. They can come back to bite you like nobody has been bitten before. <laughs> Don't you, is it just me or, I mean, I, I really like how he tweets, just... I'm sorry. It just, you'll forgive me. Please don't email me. I always, whenever, if I say something critical of Trump, oh my goodness, do I hear it. And then if I say something complimentary about Trump, oh my goodness, do I hear it. That was Wednesday. The next day, Thursday, an Iranian oil tanker was intercepted which according to the Times of Israel is causing an already belligerent Iran to react with even more threats. Now keep in mind, because of the sanctions, they are not allowed to export the oil they have, which is their lifeline, their lifeblood. So here's this tanker belonging to Iran. The UK seizes it because it's in violation of the sanctions. This morning as I was uh, getting ready to come, it seemed like conflicting reports that Iran, because it was the deadlines today, now it's of course on the East Coast, it's already in the afternoon, early evening, but and in the Middle East it's uh, later in the evening, but the deadline was today. And either Iran complied or they defied. Some of the reports I saw is that they have acquiesced and will uh, comply. And then I saw another report. <laughs> the worst thing for me to do, especially on a Sunday morning, is go on Twitter to my news feed because I'm scrolling down these, these uh, tweets. And uh, why are you looking at me like that? I said, you do that too, don't you? Oh, excuse me, you do it on Facebook. My, my apologies. Anyway, but I just, I was looking down through my news feed, and it's really interesting what is happening. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, it was this Jerusalem Post report that really caught my attention about Turkey announcing a trilateral summit next month in August between Ankara, Tehran, and Moscow. Now, they've done this before. This is the latest in numerous meetings the three countries have had on Syria 
that began with a ceasefire in 2016. This is when Barack Obama was still president, by the way. It also reflects growing influence for Russia and, listen, its ability to try to keep the Syrian crises from escalating while working closely with Turkey on military deals. Okay, what's different this time? Well, if Russia and Iran and Turkey don't do something, they're done. And they know it. And that's why. And that's what's different this time. Even two years ago. Let's go back to 2016. Russia wasn't in as bad a shape as they are now. Iran especially was not as bad. Of course, how could they be? Didn't Obama give them, you know, all of that money in cash? These uh, sanctions and the president pulling out of the nuclear deal, which, by the way, was the grace of God. I don't care what your position is on the President of the United States, but that was the grace and mercy of Almighty God that the United States of America pulled out of that deal. And that's what's different this time. The stakes are so much higher. Well, this brings me back to the earthquakes in California, and I'll explain why. Like many of you, I was watching the the coverage of the earthquakes, and I was struck by the comments about how fearful people are. There was this uh, one woman that was being interviewed on Fox News, and she was talking about how we're so afraid to sleep in our house, so we're sleeping outside. And the reason is, is we don't know if it's you know, if there's going to be another one that's going to hit, and they're saying there's going to be another one that's going to hit. And make no mistake about it, the aftershocks alone, these are not small aftershocks. So because they don't know if and or when the big one's coming, they're on high alert. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? This is what I mean by aftershocks slash birth pains. It's coming. Some of these aftershocks, sizable, certainly numerable. According to the Los Angeles Times, this was as of yesterday, Saturday, the aftershocks were over 3,000 since... Thursday, July 4th, and they continue to go higher. Here's a quote from the Los Angeles Times. Southern California could experience another sizable earthquake over the next week, seismologists said on Saturday. In total, listen to this, this earthquake sequence is expected to generate about 34,000 aftershocks with a magnitude one or greater over the next six months. Wow. Have a nice afternoon, (laughs) right? Thank you so much. That's just, wow. So we were at the parade on uh, 
Thursday morning in Kailua. And uh, someone told us, wow, there was just an earthquake in California, 6.4. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody was expecting it. I mean, we, we know California is earthquake prone. We know about the fault lines. We know about the history of California. I mean, we're told by the experts that the whole West Coast is going to, you know, slide off into the Pacific Ocean. Lucky you live Hawaii. Right? I'm sorry, that was kind (laughs) of... All of our online members on the West Coast, we love you so much. But (laughs) Move to Hawaii? Of course, it's not going to be any better because the islands will just, you know, they're going to be... So, scratch that, never mind. (laughs) Maybe we need to move to the mainland, I don't know. I had to insert a little bit of levity into that, I guess for what might be deemed obvious reasons. But isn't it interesting that on Thursday morning, the 4th of July, Independence Day, that people in California woke up that morning, and I can just about assure you that for the most part, nobody thought, hey, what if we have an earthquake today? It happened quickly, suddenly, unexpectedly. Oh, The warnings went out, but the earthquake happened. And then, oh, interesting, kind of changed uh, a little bit of perspective on the part of people living in that area. Now, all of a sudden, you've got all these aftershocks. Now, all of a sudden, uh, they're on high alert. 24 hours later, or thereabouts, 7.1. Uh, you have to understand, and I'm not an expert, would never claim to be, but from what I understand is the difference between 6.4 and 7.1, it's like eight times greater or something like that. Right, Tom? Nine times greater? Ten times greater. How about that? Let me just try to bring it in for a landing here. The warnings have been given. The big one's coming, and I'm not referring to the big earthquake coming. I'm talking about the return of Jesus Christ as the big one that's coming. And I mean, how many aftershocks, foreshocks? They they call them foreshocks too, I guess. How many earthquakes? How many warnings? How many 6.4s? How many 7.1s need to happen before we heed the warning? There's coming a day when we're going to wake up in the morning, much like Californians did on the 4th of July, and it's just going to be a day like any other day, and unbeknownst to us, it's going to be that great and final day when the big one comes, when Jesus comes and takes his bride. I say this in a sanctified way, but And I've actually prayed this, and I've actually shared this very candidly and very openly, that there would be warnings before the rapture so that more would come into the kingdom. That something would happen that would get people's attention before the rapture so that more people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Today, 
in some places in California. I'll bet you that some churches have more people in them this morning than they did last Sunday. Would you agree? And you understand why? Well, this is why we do these prophecy updates on a weekly basis. It's to sound the warning. The big one's coming. Jesus Christ is coming. Do you know that the rapture and the second coming is part of the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ? In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul says that the gospel is Jesus Christ coming the first time to be crucified, buried, and then to be resurrected on the third day. And when he writes to the Thessalonians, he says, and he's coming back one day. That's the good news, which is what the word gospel means. Good news. It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that it is now incumbent upon every single one of us to respond to this free gift that is being offered to us that he paid for in full on the cross. By the way, when you, when you, you know, when the disciples were rebuked basically by Jesus because they were trying to keep the little uh, children from coming to the Savior, and he says, don't do that. Let them come because such is the kingdom of heaven made up of these. And he also said that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to become like a child. What what does he mean by that? You know how trusting children are? Young children are so trusting. You know, as you get older, you're not so trusting. You're more leery. Right? That's what it means to become like a child, to have a childlike faith and trust. The ABCs of salvation, very simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. This is what it means to repent. It's changing your mind. It's seeing yourself as God sees you, a sinner in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Now you ask somebody on the street, you know, uh, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Usually the response is, yeah, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I haven't murdered anybody. And so they're their understanding is, is that good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. Guess what? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of so-called good people in hell, and there's going to be a lot of very, very bad people, of which I'll be at the front of the line. And don't look at me all sanctified and pure and holy, because you'll be right behind me. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short, missed the mark of the glory of God, God's perfect standard of righteousness. And by the way, very interesting, that's what the word sin means. The word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid, your penalty has been paid, you're free to go, good news. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed, good news. That's what the word gospel means. You know what the word sin means? 
missing the mark. It's an archery term. You shoot the arrow and you miss the bullseye, you sinner! (laughs) You fell short, you missed the mark, you sinned. Here's God's perfect standard of righteousness, the bullseye, and you fall short, and you sin. Romans 6.23, I love this because I like things to be organized. Uh, I know they have clinical terms for this condition, and I, and I know some of you are a lot like me, and I love you, by the way, because, you know, you, I have to, and I know it's because, you know, you, you want to have that sense of order in your life. So like on my desk, my wife will come in, you know, I have everything just neatly, you know, stacked. It has to be in a straight line. If it's a little bit crooked, I mean, I start short-circuiting, and, you know, I was like, (laughs) So my wife will come up to my office, and she'll see my nicely stacked piles on my desk, and she'll just go, enough of my problems. Let's get back to the gospel here. (laughs) I I love how Romans 6.23 can I say this way, organizes, packages the bad news first with the good news. The bad news, the wages, the penalty of all of us sinning is the death penalty. We've broken God's law, we've transgressed, and now we're going to be sentenced to spiritual death for all eternity. That's bad news. Would you agree? But, I like this word, but, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, for by grace we are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should ever boast. You know, a gift is not a gift if you pay for it. It ceases to be a gift because you paid for it. Somebody had to pay for that gift, by the way. And you know who that one was that paid for that free gift of eternal life. He paid in full for you and me. Here's the B. It's for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then here's the C lastly. It's for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And here is Romans 10.13, and it seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the gospel. And that's how to respond to the good news of salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. 
Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.